0: Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views, the show dedicated to pets and the people who love them. Brought to you by DrRogerHolisticVet.com, the place for safe and effective natural healing for dogs and cats. Now, here's your host, practicing veterinarian, Dr. Roger Welton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. I'm your host, practicing veterinarian Roger Welton. Thank you for joining us this evening as we continue our discussion on preventative health care, or preventative pet health care, is best to say. Series of talks we're doing in the interest of promoting ideal, optimal pet wellness, preventative care, something that has really gone. I guess by the wayside is the best way to put it, in recent years, for various reasons. If you want to learn more about the reasons why things have gone south on us and our push for trying to reverse these trends and the reasons why, I would go back to the beginning of the series. They are clearly labeled Preventative Pet Health Care Colon and then the topic, and you can just go back right to the beginning if you're listening from the blog. You can see it right there, the title of the blog. If you're listening from Blog Talk Radio, you can see it in the archives as well as iTunes. You can see it in the archives. I don't want to backtrack too much in the interest of not taking up too much of your time and moving things along here. But tonight we are talking about canine infectious hepatitis. And, and for you cat lovers out there, no, don't worry. We're getting. We're going to get to the felines. There are more. Aspects to the canine wellness visit. It's not that the felines are not important and not equally as important In fact, they're more important in terms of us seeing less Cats in the office for well care and the general trend down of people becoming cat owners Increasingly more commonly than dog owners yet. We see a lot less cats for well visits So clearly something's really not connecting there. So cat lovers be patient we, are, we will get to you once we get through the canine series. But tonight we're talking about canine infectious hepatitis. It's one of the core diseases we vaccinate for and we're going to discuss exactly what the disease is, what it entails, how do you treat it, what's the prognosis. We're not really focusing as much on the disease as the implications of it, why it's important to prevent it and how we prevent it. Before we get into that, the there, there is one comment. It wasn't sent in by email, but it was posted at one of my YouTube videos, which is interesting because I haven't done videos in quite some time. The different formats and different media by which I've come to you through the years, and this goes back to 2007, we've been doing uh, the WebDVM blog, but also I believe around 2009 we started doing this podcast as well as a YouTube show. And the YouTube show... From a production standpoint, just became increasingly difficult. So then, what we were doing was just doing the podcast, but having me on a webcam as I talked into the microphone, and we came to the conclusion that watching my watching me do my podcast versus listening to it is like kind of watching paint dry, sort of. Because you know, you can you can throw on your headphones, stream through your through your phone or through your or your your iPod or whatever it is you're listening to while you're going for a jog or a walk or sitting on a stationary bike or just walking around cleaning the house. And it just turns out that the the podcast really has been the main driver of getting the message across. And of course, my writing at the blog, people can read that at their leisure as well. But with the with the videos, they were very effective, and we got a lot, a lot of views on them. But just from a production standpoint, I just no longer had the time. At any rate, people, it's nice to see, you are still watching them. This particular person who commented wasn't particularly thrilled with a particular video I did two years ago, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume this, is, this person is a her. I'm, I'm not certain because it's a unique name. Tolly is the use, Tolly something is a u- username. Now the. I think it could be a just a username, not necessarily a person's name, but whoever this person is had had something unique to say. And I did reply at the at the uh, my YouTube channel, but uh, and I also invited her to listen to this episode because I told her I would also be in addition to replying to her comment on it. i I would be addressing it on the show. So here we go real quick. This was what. Uh, oh, let me give you a little background first. The 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 video was about a diet that was launched around that time by the Hills Corporation called Side Healthy Advantage. The diet was geared towards proactive prevent disease prevention nutrition. So so basically, it's nutrition for dogs and cats, taking into consideration the most or the five most common diseases that dogs and cats suffer from respectively and fortifying the diet for prevention of these diseases. So good example, dogs, one of the five things they commonly suffer from is cardiac disease. So cardiac disease for from a preventive standpoint, the diet's fortified with L-carnitine which is very cardiac healthy, vitamin A, it's reasonable in sodium. So we're it's not necessarily sodium restricted but it's It's sodium control, I guess, the best way to put it. And there's other various things that make it heart-healthy for dogs. On the cat side, we commonly see periodontal disease as early as the age of three. So on the cat side, the diet has a patented kibble that the cats seem to enjoy, but it it enables the the tooth to sink into the kibble before it cracks it, so you really get ideal cleaning of those teeth and massaging the gums. So not to get into the diets too much because it's not really the topic of tonight's show, but that's the background and I was just presenting them because you know five years of research went into the diet, which included f- uh, f- feeding trials. The data was presented to veterinarians, comparing this diet to to other commercial diets and and um, here's what this person had to say about it. The data was very good actually compared to other commercial diets. This is what she wrote. Nutrition isn't a product. Nice advert for hills. Big farmer must be so proud while Juliette DeBarclay Levy would turn her grave. Anyone who wants to learn about holistic nutrition, i.e. without any addictive additives for puppies to get hooked to, watch this. And she left a a video link, cultureunplugged.com, front slash play, front slash 8638. So if you want to go have a look at that, feel free. The video. This video has really upset me. I guess she's referring to my video. I have done many dog behavioral courses than everyone. Ian Dunbar, John Rogerson have said how such, quote unquote, diets are not the answer. And here, capital, you say they are the only, capital, <laughs> all capitals, answer, i.e. scaring the public into buying a brand for the length of their dog's lives. So I'll address this as briefly as possible. This is a person who's clearly appalled by me discussing this diet, and um, it's a little out of context, because I think one of the things that, and i got to go back and watch the video at some point, but I'm fairly certain I didn't present it as the only option, but as a disease preventive option, I don't think I was kind of necessarily shoving it down people's throat, but more just educating people about it. Uh, From a commercial diet standpoint, it was something that I thought was exciting, uh, being nutrient fortified to prevent disease. I didn't see really a downside. Of course, it's, as many of you know, my positions on nutrition have very much evolved, you know, through the years. And, um, people may call me disingenuous for that, but, you know, when you're presented with certain facts and realities, if you don't adhere to them and and be true to yourself and and true to reality, you're really living more of a dogma than you are really having it, uh, legitimate stance on something so you know ideally when it comes down to it you know as in as i've stated for myself and i think the same would apply to dogs and cats the more natural you could feed them the better and that's all good and fine and wonderful and in a perfect world we, we would all do that but with busy lives with careers and financial constraints and children and cub scouts and lacrosse, <laughs> you know, I I mentioned lacrosse because I coach lacrosse, and it's a, you know, and I, my son also does Cub Scouts, and it's it, it's you know you have these busy lives, but you have pets that you love, and you want to do the best you can, but you need some convenience, you need some cost constraints, and you want to get the best bang for your buck while having the time to do it. So if you have the financial wherewithal to cook for your dog, and then you know buy some pet multivitamins to round out the nutrition. You want to do the same for your cat because you know, home-cooked diets can be challenging to get the right balance of nutrients, especially for dogs. Or if you want to feed raw and you want to really look into the right way to do it, raw meat to purchase from the sources that you need to purchase it from to keep it safe can be very costly. And there's also, you should be fortifying it with other things to make sure that you're not feeding them just protein because there is some things outside of meat that dogs do need, you know, and again, this isn't a nutrition lecture here, so I'm not going to get into that too much, but what Healthy Advantage does is, and I presented it as, you know, this, this really nice option, it, it it sort of takes convenience, it, it takes a higher level of diet, you know, again, I'm not going to sit there and say it's perfect for every pet, but it, it, it gives you an option, so when you look at the commercial diets out there, especially when you look at how the vast majority of, of pet owners are feeding their pets. They're 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 purchasing superstore foods. So you know the the superstores. I'm not going to name names. I don't want to get sued. But you know the the giant superstores, and then grocery stores. You know these are these are by and large the places that people are going for their diets and and um. When you compare those diets to this diet, there's no comparison, you know. So, uh, but the cost is is slightly higher, but but not terribly so. And so it's a nice option. And then you got your other set of folks that go to, you know, say, like a large retail pet store, the the big chains. Again, I'm not going to name names because they have deeper pockets than I do. But this offers a higher level than even a lot of those diets because just because they're from a large retail pet store doesn't mean they're good diets. A lot of people are just looking for cost and taste. So you know it, it's a, it, it's an option, but you know this whole notion that Hills is I'm somehow in league with Hills. I'm not. Big pharma. I don't know. It's just this whole conspiracy thing that's just it's not fair. It's not it's not true. Uh, for for the most part, I don't know one veterinarian. I, mostly, I, I hang out with mostly veterinarians because that's kind of my just my circle of people. Just that's how the social social circle kind of paid out because of you know the, the the various people I meet in the profession and and whatnot and I don't know one of them that can say that they take any money from hills uh, or any company for that matter or big Pharma so I'm still waiting to find that first veterinarian who's getting greased by these these companies you know it's not to say some veterinarians are not you know locked in their own dogma because some of them there are some vets that just don't want to hear about anything else outside of, you know, general nutrition and the major players involved in it. And, you know, so we can be guilty of, of, of being a little closed minded. But at the same time, you know, it, it, there's no there's no it's uh, the best way to put it. There's no conspiracy. Uh, there's this whole in league thing that, that people are just they keep just putting it out there like it's some kind of fact. And I, I don't I don't know where it comes from. But at any rate, the the comment was made, and, and um, I'm not trying to scare anybody. And in response to that, I'm just trying to offer an option, a much better option than the grocery store, your average pet food store, and certainly a superstore brand. So, let's get into our topic. We're talking about hepatitis. Canine infectious hepatitis is caused by an adenovirus type one. As per the terminology, infectious hepatitis, it is an infectious disease. It is transmitted via what's called the fecal-oral route, which means that excretions, secretions or excrement from an infected dog gets sniffed, licked, or eaten by another dog. The This particular virus doesn't really aerosolize, so we're not worried about you know, it being airborne, but if a dog were to sneeze or cough or anything like that, certainly any sputum that kind of flies out from that gets inhaled. Uh, you're looking at an infectious route. It is it is pretty contagious. So it is a fairly dangerous disease, most dangerous for the very young and the very old, as in many infectious diseases are, specifically as as, as is The main name of the disease, hepatitis. Hepatitis refers to inflammation of the liver. Its affinity is for the liver and specifically attacks the liver. So once the virus enters the bloodstream, it has an incubation period of about five to seven days. By the time it has incubated and is showing full-blown disease, it has pretty much infiltrated the liver and gotten in the lymph nodes at this point. It can also affect not just the liver, but can can cause gastrointestinal problems, gallbladder problems, and pancreatic issues secondarily because the pancreas and gallbladder organ systems are closely associated with the liver, as is the, the gastrointestinal system, so the upper part of the small intestine especially it can be vulnerable to liver problems one of the biggest concerns is secondary bacterial infection so you can get you can see a condition known as cholecystitis which is an, a bacterial infection of the gallbladder you can see pancreatitis so uh, an infectious ascending disease of of the, the pancreas which can set off a whole syndrome that can lead to Pretty dangerous disease. So it's like the primary disease itself may not be as dangerous as its secondary consequences, but the primary disease itself can be quite dangerous for the very young and the very old. So clinical signs of the disease, most commonly the dog's inappetent, lethargic, has a fever, and you look at the whites of their eyes and they're yellow. You look at their gums and instead of being pink, they kind of have a yellow tinge to them. You look at their skin and the places where you could see skin, like on their belly, and the, the the skin, rather than having a nice kind of peachy appearance to it, it looks more yellow or um, kind of uh, like a bile color. And we call this this yellowing of the tissues we call that jaundice. And the jaundice happens because of the the backup of the biliary system that runs through the liver. It gets choked off and backs up into systemic circulation that in and of itself makes the dog sick. Now, the mortality rate I will say is is fairly low in older people or older people, older puppies and adult dogs. Let's say young to middle-aged adult dogs where the mortality rate gets higher is when the younger the puppy or the older the dog. So we're talking like geriatric dogs or very young puppies, the mortality rate is higher because they're more sensitive not just to the virus but especially the secondary bacterial Complications associated associated with the the virus, you know, secondary infections that can occur because of it. So, but we do see death occur with canine infectious hepatitis. So the good news is that it is very preventable. It comes in most commonly if a veterinarian is following American Animal Hospital Association. Immunization guidelines in conjunction with AVMA guidelines we're looking at is a 4-in-1 vaccine called the DHPP. We covered distemper. That's the D. That was the last episode. Today's the H, hepatitis. This, this, so canine infectious hepatitis is part of that 4-in-1 vaccine. Protocol I follow is I like to give it the first time at age 6 weeks, then boost it again at 9 and then 12 weeks and then one year after that we do a one year booster and then after that one year booster we do it once every 3 years and that is a very effective protection we're not doing we're not over vaccinating we're not under vaccinating it's just right that's based on a lot of research the American Animal Ho- uh, Hospital Association did in conjunction with AVMA Aver- American Veterinary Medical Association so very preventable disease very serious disease if they're to get it it's part of the core vaccine the dhpp and there you have a treatment if you happen to ever have a dog that gets this disease or contracts this disease treatment generally symptomatic we do iv intravenous fluids antibiotics we do gastroprotectants so using medications that protect the gastrointestinal system so fate. Uh, and we can give antacids intravenously, such as famotidine or ranitidine. Um, there is also, and sometimes there's vomiting involved, so we'll do some anti-nausea injections. But, you know, basically symptomatic. Essentially, we want to prop the patient up, prevent secondary bacterial complications, bacterial infections, or deal with secondary bacterial infections, while also just dealing with the patient symptomatically so that they are more comfortable and less stressed controlling fever and then you know hopefully their immune system steps up and gets the virus under control which it usually does but why put your puppy through that if you don't have to it's very preventable so next time we talk we're going to be talking about the first P in DHPP we're going to continue with that core immunization the disease associated with that P is called parvo and we'll be talking soon Again, if you have missed any of the preventive pet healthcare series, simply just go back a few episodes, and you can find the beginning and get yourself up to speed and back up to this point. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen. I appreciate appreciate having listeners. I just I just can't believe it. All of you that tune in week in and week out, please uh, keep the email messages coming. Even if like Tolly uh, today, you don't particularly like me or agree with anything I have to say, we like to hear uh, even, you know, it's good for debate. It's good to hear other people's views and have me answer them and either defend or, or discuss or, you know, sometimes even concede if the, the person has a good point. Uh, so, you know, even if it's something that doesn't, necessarily jive with what i'm saying you have an a counterpoint that you would like to share with us please feel free this is an open forum open discussion have a great evening thanks again how powerful is the cox network so powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away connecting to remote operating room giving a whole new meaning to the term house call operation complete the cox network with gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>